please confirm by saying, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Mark, could you move over? Because I want to make sure I see you. No, you're fine. You're fine. All right. So, chapter 14 is entitled The Three Modes of Material Nature. There's a quick chapter summarization. All embodied souls are under the control of the three modes or qualities of material nature. Goodness, passion, and ignorance. Lord Krishna explains, number one, what these modes are. Number two, how they act upon us. Number three, how one transcends them. And number four, the symptoms of one who has attained the transcendental state. Before we continue, I must chant my two favorite mantras. Trinada pisunichena torar iva sahishnuna amanina manadena kirtaniya sadahari harenama harenama harenam ayvakibalam kaluna stiva nastyeva nastyeva Gatiranyata. So verses 1 through 5, I subtitle, Fundamental Principles to Understand the Modes of Nature. Verse number 1. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, Again I shall declare to you this supreme wisdom, the best of all knowledge, knowing which all the sages have attained the supreme perfection. By becoming fixed in this knowledge, one can attain to the transcendental nature like my own. Thus established, one is not born at the time of creation or disturbed at the time of dissolution. So Krishna's nature, Sat, Chit, Ananda. That's the nature he's talking about. Eternal existence, full knowledge of who you are in reality, and blissful existence. Blissful existence is beyond these three modes that we're going to study tonight. Blissful existence is ever-increasing ecstasy which you don't come down from. Let us continue. Verse number three. The total material substance called Brahman is the source of birth, and it is that Brahman that I impregnate, making possible the births of all living beings, O son of Bharata. So, here you have a clear example of how God is the Father. 
This is a very uh, common concept. Most religions have this. So it's even here in Bhagavad Gita. Here Krishna is saying, he impregnates. So who does the impregnation? It's the father. Let us continue. Verse number four. It should be understood that all species of life, O son of Kunti, are made possible by birth in this material nature, and that I am the seed-giving father. So again, here we have the second verse where Krishna is pointing out he is God the Father. Species of life, according to the Vedas, there are 8,400,000 species of life. Out of those 8,400,000, 400,000 are considered human. The other 8 million are considered lower. Animals, aquatics, birds, reptiles, insects. And then the non-moving living beings like trees and plants. But still, Krishna is the seed-giving father. So this concept of father means there can be this concept of brotherhood. You can't have brotherhood or sisterhood unless there is a common father. So here in the Bhagavad Gita, God, Krishna, is pointing out that he is that seed-giving father for all the 8,400,000 species. Let us go to verse number 5. Material nature consists of three modes, goodness, passion, and ignorance. When the eternal living entity comes in contact with nature, O mighty-armed Arjuna, one becomes conditioned by these modes. So, notice Krishna said, the eternal living entity. This was what he pointed out in the beginning, in chapter 2. That the soul is eternal. That this concept of death is not reality. It is an illusion. It is a dream. The real thing, the soul, is eternal. Always existed, exists at present, and will continue to exist in the future forever. We learned in the beginning lesson in chapter 2, in 20 verses, how the soul is eternal, unborn, ever-existing, undying, primeval. It is not slain when the body is slain. We learned that in chapter 2. Krishna here is just reminding us, keep in mind, that living entity, the soul itself, is spiritual, not material. But, when we come in contact with this material nature, we become conditioned. In another analysis, it's just like if you come in contact with somebody who has an infectious disease, by that contact, you become infected, like this AIDS disease. If you have blood or some kind of connection 
where there is an exchange of bodily fluids, then you become infected with the AIDS disease. Simply by that contact. So that's how these modes work. As soon as we come in contact with either goodness, passion, or ignorance, immediately we are infected and affected. Let us now go to the next section. Verses 6 through 18. A comparative analysis of the three modes of nature. Let us begin. O sinless one, the mode of goodness being purer than the others is illuminating and it frees one from all sinful reactions. Those situated in that mode become conditioned by a sense of happiness and knowledge. Now, this mode of goodness obviously is the preferred mode. As long as one is going to live and work and act in the material world, we should keep ourselves no lower than this mode of goodness. All right, verse number seven. The mode of passion is born of unlimited desires and longings, O son of Kunti. And because of this, the embodied living entity is bound to material, fruitive actions. O son of Bharata, know that the mode of darkness, born of ignorance, is the delusion of all embodied living entities. The results of this mode are madness, indolence, and sleep, which bind the conditioned soul. What is good about this chapter is that you can self-analyze yourself by studying the symptoms Krishna is pointing out. He gave you symptoms of the mode of goodness, passion, and ignorance. By the symptoms and being a little reflective and self-introspective, you can determine at any time what mode of nature you're being influenced by. This is the value of studying this Bhagavad Gita. You can become your own spiritual doctor that at any time you can detect, uh-uh, I'm being influenced by the mode of passion here. Let me catch myself or the mode of ignorance like that. Let us continue. O son of Bharata, the mode of goodness conditions one to happiness. Passion conditions one to fruitive action. And ignorance, covering one's knowledge, binds one to madness. Sometimes the mode of goodness becomes prominent, defeating the modes of passion and ignorance, O son of Bharata. Sometimes the mode of passion defeats goodness and ignorance, and at other times, ignorance defeats goodness and passion. In this way, there is always competition for supremacy. Another way to look at these modes of nature is to study the actions of waves. So the waves are coming 
So the modes of nature are like waves, which come and go. And as was mentioned, there is supremacy. In general, in general, morning time is pretty much under the influence of the mode of goodness. Beginning from two and a half hours of sunrise till about 10 o'clock in the morning, the mode of goodness is prominent. As we approach midday, the mode of passion becomes prominent. And as we approach sunset, the mode of darkness or ignorance becomes prominent. That is why it is recommended that one do spiritual activities in the morning. When the mode of goodness is flowing, it will be much easier because if you wait and try to do your devotional activities midday and evening, it'll be harder. You've asked many devotees. They're trying to chant their rounds at 8 o'clock at night. It takes them three times as long as it would have if they had done it in the morning. Why? Because those modes of nature are prominent. There's no more books. There's no book. Everyone should have a book to follow along. Please. Okay, let us continue. Verse number 11. The manifestations of the mode of goodness can be experienced when all the gates of the body are illuminated by knowledge. So here Krishna is giving you another way to study yourself. O chief of the Bharatas, when there is an increase in the mode of passion, the symptoms of great attachment, fruitive activity, intense endeavor, and uncontrollable desire and hankering develop. When there is an increase in the mode of ignorance, O son of Kuru, darkness, inertia, inertia, madness, and illusion are manifested. So, as previous, he is giving you the symptoms of each mode so that you can know how you are situated. Come on. Join the party. All right, let's continue. Text number 14. When one dies in the mode of goodness, one attains to the pure higher planets of the great sages. So this earth is considered in the middle. But as we go above the earth, you get to the heavenly planets, and then you get to the other higher planets, the planets of great sages and rishis. Topmost planet in the material world is the planet of Lord Brahma, the creator. Hare Krishna. Haribo. When one dies in the mode of passion, do you know where we are? Does everybody know where we are? Okay. When one dies in the mode of passion, he or she takes birth among those engaged in fruitive activities. That means earth. Earth means mode of passion. And that's not difficult. Just get on the freeway, 8 o'clock in the morning. 
Go to the big cities, New York, Chicago, L.A., passion. And it runs all day long. They're churning that mode of passion. And they got the signboards, they got TV, they got radio. They're just pumping that mode of passion 24-7. They think that that's material progress. When one dies in the mode of ignorance... He takes birth in the animal kingdom. So someone may say, oh, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter if I'm in the mode of ignorance. Okay. Then don't be surprised when you take a lower birth as a dog or a hog or a camel. So the the decisions we make in this life, we are creating our own next body by the decisions we make now. The choices we make. This is determining the next body. And there are 8 million lower forms. And why does a particular living entity take birth as a pigeon or a cat, or a dog, or a fish, because they've cultivated that consciousness in a previous life. It all has to do with desires and one's actions or decisions. So Krishna gives us free will. Do whatever you like. You're free to choose how you want to act. But... The reaction, that is not in your control. See, people would like the following. This is what people want. I want to do anything I want, but I don't want any reaction. That's an illusion. Doesn't work that way. Even the Bible, as you sow, so shall you reap. So depending on how I'm acting, I'm going to get a particular kind of body. And if you study this Bhagavad Gita or Srimad Bhagavatam, you can very much predict what kind of body someone is going to get. All you have to do is look at their day-to-day life and what is their desires. All right, let's continue. The result of pious action is pure and is said to be in the mode of goodness. But action done in the mode of passion results in misery. And action performed in the mode of ignorance results in foolishness. From the mode of goodness, real knowledge develops. From the mode of passion, greed develops. And from the mode of ignorance develop foolishness, madness, and illusion. Those situated in the mode of goodness gradually go upward to the higher planets. Those in the mode of passion live on the earthly planets. And those in the abominable mode of ignorance go down to the hellish worlds. So now, so at this point, 
Krishna has ended his synopsis of these three modes of nature. Keep in mind, Bhagavad Gita is a synopsis or a summary of all the Vedic teachings. That's why Prabhupada said, we don't have time to read all the Vedas, Upanishads, Puranas. We don't have time. Therefore, just read one book, Bhagavad Gita. Why? Because it is a summary of the entire Vedic library. This one book. And Prabhupada says, even you understand one shloka, you can become self-realized. If you actually understand and live even one shloka, that's how powerful this kind of knowledge is. So now, the next section is entitled, Transcending the Modes of Nature. Text number 19. When one properly sees that in all activities no other performer is at work than these modes of nature and knows the Supreme Lord who is transcendental to all these modes attains my spiritual nature. And we already said, what's Krishna's spiritual nature? What is it? Sachidananda, meaning full bliss. Eternity in knowledge. Very good. I see my students are paying attention. When the embodied being is able to transcend these three modes associated with the material knowledge, can become free from birth, death, old age, and their distresses, and can enjoy nectar even in this life. So this is what Krishna consciousness is teaching. When we come to this movement, Hare Krishna Iskan movement, this is what you are aspiring for. The unique benefit of becoming Krishna conscious is that you gradually transcend these modes of nature and become a transcendental person. It's a gradual process. It's cumulative. Little by little by little. If you stick to the process, you will become transcendental. Continuing. When the embodied being is able to transcend these three modes associated with the material body. Oh, I already did that. I'm sorry. Text number 21. Sorry. Arjuna inquired, O oh my dear Lord, by which symptoms is one known who, has, who is transcendental to these three modes? What is the behavior and how does one transcend the modes of nature? So these are three questions Arjuna is asking. Number one, what are the symptoms? It was very similar to a question he asked in chapter 2, very similar question. What are the symptoms of someone who's merged in transcendence? Same exact question, so to speak. What are the symptoms of someone who's transcendental to these three modes? Number two, what is their behavior? In other words, one is the symptoms. The other one is, 
How do they act? What are they doing? Number three is the most important of the three questions. How do you transcend? That's more important. I may know the symptoms and I may know the behavior. Good, you know it. But what about me? What about you? How do I get there? I may know that such and such a person is very wealthy. And I may see, yeah, he's got a lot of money. That's nice. I'm still a poor beggar. The real question is how to become that rich person. This is an example. So the question, this third question, how does one trend? That's the most important. All right, let's see what Krishna says. O son of Pandu, one who does not hate illumination, attachment, and delusion when they are present or long for them when they disappear, who is unwavering and undisturbed through all these reactions of the material qualities, remaining neutral and transcendental, knowing that the modes alone are active, who is situated in the self, who regards alike happiness and distress, who looks upon a lump of earth, a stone and a piece of gold with an equal eye, who is equal toward the desirable and the undesirable, who is steady, situated equally in praise and blame, honor and dishonor, who treats alike both friend and enemy, and who has renounced all material activities. Such a person is said to have transcended the modes of nature. Now, text number 26 is the answer to Arjuna's third question. How does someone transcend? And this verse is one of the most important verses of this 700 verses of Bhagavad Gita. Prabhupada quotes this verse time and time and time again in his books, quotes it over and over again in his lectures. So if you want to memorize a verse, 1426 is one of the top ten. Please repeat. One who engages in full devotional service, unfailing in all circumstances, at once transcends the modes of material nature and thus comes to the level of Brahman. So, full devotional service. So, there are nine processes of devotional service of which we are doing the first two, hearing and chanting. Which of the nine are the most important? They are the fundamental building blocks. You cannot even think about the other seven unless these first two are fully established in one's sadhana. Hearing and chanting, especially in this age of Kali, is of primary utmost importance. So that's one thing. 
always engaged in hearing and chanting, unfailing in all circumstances. That's how you transcend the modes of nature and you come to the level of Brahman. The level of Brahman is Krishna's level, the level of Satchit Ananda. Here is the key to the kingdom of God. Full engagement in devotional service. Hearing, chanting, remembering, serving, praying, worshipping, becoming Krishna's friend, and ultimately completely surrendering. But Lord Chaitanya emphasizes hearing and chanting about Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama. Final verse. And I am the basis of the impersonal Brahman, which is immortal, imperishable, and eternal, and is the constitutional position of ultimate happiness. Now this verse is also very, very significant. Notice Krishna says, I am the basis of the impersonal Brahman. Just like, it's not difficult. The sunshine exists not independent. The sunshine exists because of the sun. The sunshine isn't the cause of the sun, is it? The sun is the cause of the sunshine. Everybody agree with that? Would anybody in their right mind say that the sunshine is the cause of the sun planet? Nobody would say that. So in the same way, this Brahman is the effulgent rays emanating from Krishna. That is the purport here. Krishna is saying, I am the basis of this impersonal Brahman or Brahma Jyoti. Yet, there are thousands and thousands, if not millions of people who are spiritually dyslexic. Who still say, oh no, Krishna is a manifestation of the Brahman. But that's not what this Bhagavad Gita is saying, is it? So when they say, oh Krishna is emanating from the Brahman, that's as ludicrous as saying the sun planet is coming from the sunshine. Same thing. So this verse is very powerful and refutes all kinds of bogus philosophy. Krishna is saying, the Sanskrit is, Brahmanohi Pratishta Aham. The impersonal Brahman is resting on me, Krishna is saying. My body, my form. That's where this Brahman is coming from. All right, we have finished the chapter. There is an excerpt that I got from the purport in verse number one. So I don't know exactly where in that purport, but here is an excerpt from verse number one of this chapter. Srila Prabhupada says, From the seventh chapter... To the end of the twelfth chapter, Sri Krishna in detail reveals the absolute truth 
the supreme personality of Godhead. Now, the Lord himself is further enlightening Arjuna. If one understands this chapter through the process of philosophical speculation, he will come to an understanding of devotional service. In the 13th chapter, it was clearly explained that by humbly developing knowledge, one may possibly be freed from material entanglement. And it has also been explained that it is due to association with the modes of nature that the living entity is entangled in this material world. Now, in this 14th chapter, the Supreme Personality of God explains what those modes of nature are, how they act, and how they bind, and how they give liberation. The knowledge explained in this 14th chapter is proclaimed by the Supreme Lord to be superior to the knowledge given so far in other chapters. By understanding this knowledge, various great sages attained perfection and transferred to the spiritual world. The Lord now explains the same knowledge in a better way. This knowledge is far, far superior to all other processes of knowledge thus far explained. And knowing this, many attained perfection. Thus, it is expected that one who understands this 14th chapter will attain perfection. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport to the 14th chapter of Srimad Bhagavad Gita in the matter of the three modes of material nature. Let us do some devotional service. J.D., how many processes of devotional service are there? Very good. And Mark, what are the two most important? Very good. What does Shabbat Kirtana mean? Very good. Let's do that. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, 
हरे हरे श्री श्री रुक्मिणी दीश की जय श्री श्री जगन्नाथ बलदेव सुभद्र की जय श्री श्री गौरणी जाय की जय शीला प्रभु भार की जय